0: Hi, I'm Kyle Battle, and you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast.
1: I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. Today, we welcome Ricky Ronnie, head coach of Old Dominion football, to the show. After creating a lot of awesomeness, coaching at Kansas State, Vanderbilt, and most recently as Penn State's offensive coordinator, on December 9th, 2019, Monarch fans received an early holiday present when Coach Ronnie joined the Oldhamton family. Thanks for joining us, Coach.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys.
2: We're stoked to have you. So, kicking it off, we know you grew up in Colorado, and you ended up in Ithaca at Cornell of the Ivy League. What was that recruiting experience like as a high school prospect? Like back then, how did you get your name out there?
0: I didn't. It's funny, I got recruited. Uh, so at the time, Northern Colorado was a really good D2 school. In fact, they'd won back-to-back national championships my, my junior and senior year in high school. And, they were, I mean, they were good. So then they, you know, they didn't want me. And I was fine because I didn't really want to go there. It's in, in Greeley, Colorado, which... I don't know if you've ever been there, but I mean, there are better places on the planet than Greeley, Colorado. So I I didn't really necessarily want to go there. So my dream school was actually Northern Arizona and it was, they threw the ball a little bit, but there's mountains there, you know, and it was in Arizona. So I just assumed there'd be attractive girls there. And then it was, uh, there was mountains where I could ski. And then last thing is it was in a dome, so I could just rip it and not have to worry about the elements. So I was like my dream school. Uh, they ended up telling me no. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I was getting recruited by the Ivy League schools, all, basically all of them. And Cornell was actually recruiting a guy who went to Mullen High School, which is a private school in Colorado. And they were at the guy's house, and they were like, hey, anybody else in the area that's a good player, that has good grades? And the kid, Ryan Garcia, ended up being my roommate my freshman and senior year. He, ended, he told him, yeah, Ricky Ronnie down the road you know? And, and so the guy called me up, Pete noise, called me up and came over and came into my house and sat down with me the whole nine yards and they didn't have a head coach. I ended up taking my official visit to Cornell when they didn't even have a head coach. So I was actually going to go to Brown. And I was, I mean, I was really going to go there. And, and, you know, there were some experiences there at Brown. that were a little different for me coming from Colorado, you know I mean? I still remember the story I always tell is there was a, probably the most beautiful girl i'd ever seen in my life we go into a dorm room and i see this girl in the hallway and i'm like man i'm coming <laughs> here this place is awesome you know and then we go in and we're, we're playing video games or whatever and we come back out and i see the same girl and she her head is completely shaved and that's kind of brown in a nutshell like brown's very liberal place and and i just was kind of like Oh man, I don't know if I can do this. Like, you know, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty low key, but this this might be a little much even for me. So I ended up going to Cornell, and really the thing that was the real reason is James Perry was at Brown, and he was a two-year starter at Brown and an All-American, and I knew I wouldn't be able to start till my junior year in college if I went to Brown, and at Cornell I thought I could start as a sophomore, and that's ultimately what made me made my decision, and it ended up being a really good one.
1: Everything turned out well. Obviously, you did well there. You were a three-year starter quarterback. You, know, you end up graduating as the Big Red's all-time leader in completions, passing yards, touchdown passes, total offense. But no matter how hard I look, I can't find anything about your rushing stats. So, would you have described your game back then more Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson?
0: We didn't. No one really ran back then. You know, it was a different. It was a different time period. Like everyone. And most people by now have seen me in person. I mean, I'm a big dude. You know, I mean, I'm 6'3 and change and 230 pounds. And I was like the fourth biggest quarterback in our league. You know, no one really ran it. In fact, my senior year, I led, I led, I had like 400 yards rushing my senior year. I ran a little bit my senior good. We ran, we got a new coach and ran a version of the triple option. So the first half we'd run that and suck. And then the second half we would throw it around a little bit. So, you know, I I ran a few times. I mean, nothing great. I mean, I wasn't a great runner by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think I was Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I was, I think I was right there in the middle of uh dead set average at, at, at both, but I competed hard and, uh, I'd like to think I was fairly smart when I was playing. And, and I think the biggest part about me is I was tough. I mean, if I wasn't bleeding, then I probably wasn't playing. So I think that made guys follow me a little bit more. It's a lot easier to follow a quarterback when his chin is gushing blood and, and all those sort of things. That makes it a little bit uh, easier to say he's going to be a guy who's going to lay it all on the line. 100% I agree.
2: So we know it's the offseason. season. And your family has this tradition of visiting ballparks around the country. What ballpark's on their slate for this summer?
0: Yeah, so we have seven left. This spring, we, we did a little something different. We actually did two this spring. So we did Tampa and Miami, just did it one quick weekend, which is a great deal. And then uh, this, this, this summer, we're going to do Arizona. We'll actually get to see the Grand Canyon on the way, you know, and, and then we'll do the three Southern California teams, so. The Padres, the Dodgers, and the Angels. And then all we'll have left is next summer, we'll go do the Northern California teams, go up through uh, Redwood Forest there, and then and see uh, Seattle. So that'll end it next summer. We will, uh, next spring, go back to Atlanta because we did go to Atlanta, but we went to, we haven't been to the new field. We haven't been to SunTrust. And I just would hate for you know, me to be like, ah, I've been to every major league ballpark and somebody's like, oh, how'd you love Atlanta? And me be like, well, I haven't been there. And I mean, that kind of that kind of defeats the whole <laughs> purpose of it, you know, so pretty excited about it. Uh, it was one of those things where I thought we'd always get done, but it, maybe not. I think it'll be a kind of bittersweet, right? Because it's just some really cool memories for my, my boys and I and, and, and my wife and some of the best times I've ever had with my family. And to know that it's over almost signals like the end of their childhood to me. And I, I, I feel like that's the thing that's probably going to, you know, that last game, I I know I'm going to look over at my wife and I know she's going to be probably tearing up and i, I probably would be right there along with her.
2: Well, you got three great ballparks there in Southern Cal to look forward to.
0: The funny part is I've, I've been to all okay. three of those. <laughs> I've really only got to, two left, Seattle and the new San Francisco. I, I've i been to old Kansas right. State, you know what I mean, and, and Arizona. But I've been to the other ones. But it's got to be with all – all four of us together for it to count. So, so I'm really looking forward to it. I love Petco. I mean, that's a sweet, that's a sweet park, and it's it's a great deal there. Um, obviously, looking forward to the Angels and being able to see Trout, assuming he stays healthy, God God willing, and, and Shohei. I mean, that would be unbelievable, you know, to be able to see. And that's been one of the things, just seeing all those great, great players and and everything. And then the millions of great players the Dodgers can afford to pay. That's going to be a pretty sweet
1: deal too. You need to call up uh, Ben Verlander and see if he can get you on the field there to meet those two guys with the Angels.
0: I do need to do that. You know what's funny? So I don't ask my agent for much. um, But this is the only time I ever do ask him. I'm like, all right, I'm going to these ballparks. Like, You can hook me up, man that'd be great <laughs> so he has a couple times we, we, we got a back kind of like a backs tour of the uh, white Sox and things like that so you know there's there's been a, a couple things that we've got some pretty sweet ones i mean i still remember we went to chicago this wasn't my agent this was actually one of my really good friends one of my friends owns the beer, uh, budweiser distributorship in both chicago and uh, nashville so obviously you know, he doesn't have any money or anything, but he, you know, he, he gave us his suite the one time and, and I just was like so thankful for him because I love the Cubs, I always have. And I wrote to him like, man, the only thing that would make this day better is if Ryan Sandberg showed up. And he was like, yeah, it'd be cool, right? Not 47 seconds later, Ryan Sandberg walks in the thing, no walks in the suite to say hi to me. And I was like, I literally, I was like, I was like a kid. I was like, oh, my kids still make fun of me for that, that I was just such like a It was a, It was a really
1: cool deal. I don't think our kids understand. I mean, we grew up watching, you know, I grew up watching Ryan Sandberg and all those guys, so you get an opportunity to see them or meet them, and, you know, our eyes start to glisten a little bit, no different than our kids and and who they look up to now. It's, It's pretty fun.
0: I still remember at the Rose Bowl when I got to shake Marcus Allen's hand. Marcus Allen was my favorite player growing up, and he was at the Rose Bowl. And I literally, we were going up at halftime. We were going back up to the top, you know and as a coach's booth and i saw marcus Allen, and i was like stop like we were like on this like this thing i'm like stop stop and i'm like they're like what'd you forget i'm like nothing i run off and i shake marcus allen's hand it was so sweet for me (laughs) it was like the coolest moment and then i thought that was gonna be it i was like on cloud nine i was like the happiest guy ever and and then we get up there and i put my stuff down and i'm like oh man i'm just so excited i'm like all right I, i gotta like." take relax and take a walk for a second like get my mind right again and then all of a sudden i see keith jackson not keith jackson the football player but keith jackson the announcer who was like that is college football to me like you hear that voice you know and it's like and and it, it just that's college football and that's how i was raised and and man to shake his hand was i i, I told him i was like I, I think you might be the reason that i that I am a college football coach. It's just, you know, this right here. So it was like the most surreal, like collegiate football experience to me. I'm shaking Keith Jackson's hand while I'm about to sit down as the sun is setting over, you know, the Rose Bowl for the second half of the Rose Bowl between Penn State and USC. I was like, wow, I don't know if it gets any better than this boys right here. So that was a, that was a, that was a pretty awesome moment for me. Yeah sweet.
2: So coach, you've been to so many of these ballparks. Do you find yourself appreciating the traditional or do you like the Newark parks better?
0: Oh, I like the traditional ones the best. I mean, you know, Fenway and and Wrigley are my favorite, you know, by far. I loved Fenway. I mean, Fenway was awesome because one of our our things is we will always stay to the end of the game no matter what. And Fenway was like a a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay. And so my sons were – I think my sons at the time were, you know, three and six. And, you know, so we get out. And it's it's late summer, but the Bruins are still playing. So the Bruins had won that game day that night, and 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 the Red Sox won. Big Poppy hit a home run to hit 521 to pass uh, Ted Williams on, on the all time list, and it was it was just an awesome deal. You know, a guy a Red Sox I can't remember who it was hit a grand slam over the monster. I mean, it was just some really cool stuff. And we're walking out, and my son Jake's on my shoulders, his knees on, you know, and he's he's there, and he he kind of like. All these people are getting let out of the bar. It's like two a.m., and all these people are getting let out of the bar, and they're kind of like they're like, yeah, yeah, let's go Sox. And my sons are like, man, this place is awesome. And they're like high five and all these dudes. I mean, yeah. So, but my wife, she likes the newer ones. Her favorite one, honestly, is probably City Field. I mean, City Field is really clean. I mean, unbelievable um, seats and all that sort of stuff. So that that was that might be her favorite right there. You know, we both like we, you know, Houston is awesome because it was ninety eight degrees outside but we were inside and the dome was covered, so it was, like, nice and cool and beautiful. So it, it, was, a, it was a great deal. I mean, I I, I like both, but for me, the, the traditional ones are the best.
2: I agree. Been to Fenway, been to Wrigley. The, the buzz around the stadium is – it starts blocks away, and you don't really get that with most of the newer
0: stadiums. No. No, you don't. You don't, especially some of them, like – you know it's a really cool stadium is Milwaukee's, but the fact that it's not in an area where – there's no there's no bars there's right. nothing around it right it's like everyone's tailgating but it's not which is really strange for a baseball game that's really a kind of like a cool little thing that they do but the reason they do it is because there's no bars there's no nothing you know i mean my my sons they loved they loved Wrigley Field because they loved Wrigley R- yeah. Field like they loved those like being there they were like Man, this is awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And I remember like two nights later we're going down to, you know, the South Side to see the Sox and they were like, Are we gonna go early like we did to the Cubs? I'm like, No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. We're gonna get there when the game starts. We're gonna leave. I we're we're out. Out it's a little bit different, you know. I mean, but they my sons have really that's one of the things they really appreciate is like what is around it and like how does all that like pageantry and everything around it happen and And, you know, they really like a lot. Yeah, you really feel like you're somewhere
2: special when you're at Wrigley. Like, you feel like you're in an event, whereas you can go to, I mean, I like Camden Yards a lot, but it doesn't have that same feeling. Uh,
0: No, no, no. You know, one of the other ones, probably Bush Stadium is really, really nice. You know, it's got Mm -hmm. an older feel to it, even though it's a newer stadium. You know, it's really, really nice. And the fans in St. Louis are so unbelievable and, and that sort of deal. That was a that was a cool one. The other one that's kind of cool is Toronto. I mean, you know, I mean, you're in a different country and, and, you know, you can, you see that tower and and we went up in that tower. See, we do all the really, really touristy things when we're at these places, you know, we go to, when we were in Houston, we're going to go get the best chicken fried steak, you know, and uh, we're going to go like to all these different places. And my, my wife does such an unbelievable job of doing that. It's really what we've done with it is we've really tricked our boys into seeing the country. You know, and we've given them an experience to something that my wife and I maybe didn't get, you know, and and always, you know, they've seen this, this whole country and they've seen all different types of people and eaten all sorts of different foods. And, and, you know, that's been a, that's been a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. We always wear the shirts of the home team. So we're always cheering for the home team, no matter where it is. You know what I mean? So there's times that we're cheering for one team one day and three days later, we're cheering against them. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of a, you know, a sweet one. I mean, Houston. You know they had a seven. I think it was a seven-run ninth inning to beat the Yankees when we were there, and Jose Altuve hit a walk-off home run. And my my son, you know, loves Jose Altuve because he's a little guy who can, you know, who plays hard and all that sort of stuff. So that was, I mean, just little things like that you'll you know probably never forget.
2: So I take it you nice. guys went to the new Texas Stadium then?
0: Yeah, yeah. The craziest part about that one is that the old one's still right there. And, and 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 still like they use it for like company softball games yeah. I wish I was kidding. I think they were like they rent it out they rent it out like literally companies have in entered like company softball games at this major league baseball stadium it's like bizarre I mean and then they have they have concerts and stuff there but I mean it sits right next to it and it's completely still standing and nothing it, it's just like what is going on? You think they'd want the parking or whatever? But no, I mean they just they. Still I
2: think they're it. selling it to the local high school.
0: Yeah. Well, they, that's the other thing they do is they play high school baseball there, and they play high school yeah. football there too. They do play some high school football games there. So that yeah, there's some yeah. So that there are just like little nuances like that that are kind of cool.
1: Now let's shift gears a little bit, Coach. Obviously, you and your staff you stay busy year round. So I know Mike said off season, but we'll, we'll put that in quotes because we know. There's no off season. So when you invest time in scouting potential future monarchs, I know your time, your staff's time is valuable and it's scarce. So when you're considering a recruit, what attributes are you looking for that give you confidence in extending a scholarship offer? Well, I mean,
0: obviously we want to see speed. I mean, if we can. that's something we want to see you know you're really looking for functional speed though you want to see speed that you can measure and we have a couple different websites that can help us with that we'd like to see multi-sport athletes that's something that we really look for you know if you're going to recruit a tight end you'd love to see them on a basketball court you know and and listen i I don't need to see him shooting threes i want to see him dunking on people um you know that's what you're looking for there you know you want to see flexibility and i don't mean like versatility i mean actual flexibility you want to see him be able to bend in their knees, uh, their ankles, their knees, and their hips. I mean, that's really, really important because it's hard to work on stiffness. I mean, it's just, it's difficult. You know, if a guy is stiff, that's something that, yes, can you work on and are there things to do? Yeah, absolutely. But it's harder, you know, where a kid who maybe is, doesn't maybe have the right weight or the right strength. Well, I believe in our strength coaches and I believe in our program that way. And And you can anticipate some things, especially we get pretty adept at being able to look at a kid and seeing the traits that he has, maybe broad shoulders, hip size, you know, hand size, you know, arm length, and those sort of things, head size, so that you can predict whether a guy's going to get a little bit bigger, right? You're, you're sometimes you're almost looking at them like they're like a puppy, you know, if they got big head and big paws, then then they're probably going to get pretty big, you know. So that's one thing we're looking for, and then we're going to talk to the high school coaches and I want to make sure that the guys love the game. How do they, how are they in workouts? You know, how competitive are they? You're going to get their transcript and look at them. Listen, we're not going to take every guy we take is not going to be a, you know, a 4.0 student, but we've got to make sure that we balance that. You know, we can't, we can't put a, we have a limited uh, staff down there in our academic center. So we can't, we can't go and put a, I can't go and demand that we get 3.0 GPAs and then I recruit all 2.4 high school students, like that doesn't equate, you know, and then, you know, we're, we're going to watch game tape. You're not just going to watch the highlights. You got to watch the game tape and you got to see them play hard, play with effort and, and, and be physical. So it's one of those things where you want to see what they can do in their highlight. And then in the game tape, what they can't do. And then you want to see if you can live with the things they can't do. And, you know, if you can accentuate the things that they do well.
1: That's, that's really insightful. So, once you go through that kind of process and you've made the decision that you want to extend a scholarship offer, how do you sell Old Dominion to the recruit?
0: Well, I, I think this is probably going to be where I'm different than most people is I don't. Um, I, I know that Old Dominion has a ton to sell in terms of you know, there's 1.7 million people here which gives you a real opportunity at, at, at internships and things like that. You know, obviously it can help you in in the name image likeness space, which is this big deal right now that I think is very, very different than what people thought it was going to end up being, but it is, is still a thing. We obviously have a great university that's in a beautiful part of the state and and with great weather and great fan support, unbelievable facilities, which are even improving with the new locker room. You know, so there's some things like that that are, that are really, really great, but I, I don't want to sell you on something because I think that implies that maybe you you got uh, tricked or bamboozled. You know what I mean? Like when you know when you go and you, you buy a house that you love, no one sold you on it, right? The house sold itself, right? You wanted that house. That was what you wanted. It's not like a real estate agent selling it to you and oh, this has a Viking range and you're like, oh man, how awesome. And really, you don't really care or know what a Viking range is or what it can do or whatever, you know, and the one we have actually sucks. So, I mean, like, I I think that like, it's just one of those things that I don't really want to sell him. I want him to feel comfortable here. I want him to feel like this is the best place for him to uh, mature and the best place for him to develop. And the one thing I will tell him is I always tell him the truth and that our coaches will develop him and I will care about him and make sure that my goal is that he maximizes his potential whatever that is on the field and off and that's probably the thing I'm selling as much as anything you know I do think that a lot of people come here and they feel comfortable because of the diversity on our campus and it's funny cuz I say that and I mean diversity you know a lot of people don't they they they, they get up there and they don't mean diversity they they say diversity but they mean is like hey a lot of people like you i mean old dominion is diverse i mean like yeah i don't care who you are and what you believe in you can come here and you can find a group who believes it and looks just like you and talks just like you or whatever and i don't care who you are that's that's probably the best thing about this place in this city is that there's there's some there's something for everybody it's unbelievable so you know in, in terms of that i, I think that the, the place kind of sells itself
2: Love to hear it. I can definitely agree. ODU is the closest thing to the real world you're going to get with the people you're surrounded by.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think it helps. You know, I mean, I think it helps. I think it helps guys be prepared for the real world and, and all those sort of things. And, you know, I just think that I, I like walking around the campus and, and, and knowing that it is so diverse and it's not a homogenous place. It's a place that every, everybody is, is welcome here and everybody's, you know, you know. the only thing I wish is I wish people walking around campus would wear more old Dominion gear. So that's the one thing I'm working on. That's why I did when I first got here, I was walking around, you know, handing out gear and everything like that. We don't need to see those other schools around.
2: You mentioned facilities and specifically the locker room upgrades. Those upgrades, is that why the spring practices were being held at Ballard?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, we didn't actually really start the locker room quite as when we thought we would, but it'll still be done on time and everything. But that's why we held it, the, held them over there. And, 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 and it worked out well. We actually got really good film from it, and, and I ended up enjoying that part of it. Yeah, I, it, you know, for a while, I was like, oh, man, we're giving up so much time and this and that, but... You know, it ended up being fine. It, it made me design our practices in a way that were very efficient. And, and, I, and ultimately, I think that that's what's made me a better coach during that time and, a, you know, a better head coach in terms of designing things.
2: And speaking of that renovation, what part of that project are you most excited about?
0: I Just that it, it's something for our players. You know, I mean, it's a thing for our players. It's, it's you know, that, that locker room right there, that's the time they actually, they actually spend the most time in that locker room, not in the game day locker room. When everyone's like, "Oh, are you gonna update the game to the locker room?" Like, I don't really care. Like, then we're in that locker room for you know maybe fourteen hours a year in a normal year. You know, so it's not a big deal. But that other one, they're in it for thousands of hours. And so I want you know, we've got some state of the art lockers coming in, and and I think that that's really gonna be you know really helpful for our guys it's it's gonna help make the thing look cleaner it'll you know i just think the guys will have more pride in it i know our guys like when we've done improvements in the in the facility it's really meant a lot to them and they've taken a lot of pride in that and it's you know the whole look good you know play good feel good thing is is true for them i mean they feel like they're they're at the the uh the Division one program when we invest that type of you know money into them and and, and those sort of things and they take care of it and, and they have a lot of pride in what they're doing that way. All
2: right. So we obviously had the COVID year, tough for fans and the team, and I imagine really tough for the coaching staff. We had a slow start in 2021 and then a remarkable turnaround. But before that, you were going around the state and making sure every coach and every player in the area knew that we were focused on the state. You really put an emphasis on that. After that remarkable turnaround, do you feel like there's a difference of how you're being greeted when you go into those high schools now? Or is it the same as it was at the beginning of this process?
0: I don't know if it's the same as it was at the beginning of the process, but I still think it's similar to how it was. I think that a lot of those coaches being around our coaches had a lot of belief in us. And and so I, I don't think that it surprised a lot of the local coaches i thought a lot of them had a lot of faith in us maybe it surprised them that we were able to get to six wins as quickly as we did but i don't think that just like they weren't down on us when we were one and six right they were still very positive with us when we were one and six because they 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 really did believe in us and what we're doing because they've been around us and they've been to our practices they've been to our, our coaches clinics i've talked to them on the phone our coaches have been in their buildings i've been to their games and and those guys had a lot of belief in us. So, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's it, it was it was any different. You know, I think that it, it may be different for the kids and that sort of thing. And, and there might be a little bit of a it's easier for some of these kids to envision success now because they've seen that we we went down that path. But you know, in terms of the coaches, no, I, I, it was it was basically the same. I I, I didn't feel anything that different? And and I think, it, honestly, I think that's been one of the best things about my job so far is, is how much the high school coaches have been supportive of us in general, you know? Yeah. Have we gotten every kid we wanted? No. You know, just like I'm not going to take every one of their kids. So I told them that from the very beginning. And so, you know, do I wish that, you know, we would have been able to secure a few more guys here and there? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and act like that's not true. But, you know, for the most part, those guys have been unbelievable to me. And, 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 I, and I think what they've done.
1: Well, I, yeah, Coach, I, oh, go ahead. Mark. I was just going to say
2: that even before the wins happened, me and Aaron and our group, you could see the progress week to week. We've never seen a defense that flew to the ball like that before at ODU. Never seen a defense that hit that hard. So we we could see it long before it started having those positive results.
1: That, that, that's so true. I mean, when we, when we were talking with Scott Jackson uh, a month or so ago, we were, we were talking about that defense. I mean, it's – I've had season tickets since day one, and you truly, you're sitting in the stands, you, you can feel the game. We, we never felt the game before. I mean, it's, it's just a different, it's a different experience. Speaking of different experiences, one thing that I've noticed big time in, in the last two years is social media. So whatever you and your staff and the student-athletes are doing, local coaches, local student-athletes, are way more active on social media with supporting the school and saying great things about the school. I, I, I think we'll see more social media action on student-athletes excited about their visit that they just had at Old Dominion in a month than I think we saw ever, which is p- pretty cool to see because we love Old Dominion football and we get as excited. So when we see that and we see other people, the next generation of student-athletes being excited, the coaches, you know, more importantly the, those coaches – I grew up in the area. I went. I graduated from Green Run High School. So when I see some stuff coming out of Green Run with the Stallions, up, little horse on Twitter, I'm getting hype, going, "Oh yeah, I want to cheer, cheer for those guys, and cheer for the local student athletes coming up." So that it's amazing how much of a difference that has been.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, I mean, part of it. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's, you know, all us. I think part of it is the the newer generation is just more active on social media and so are the coaches, you know, but I do think that it's something that we're, we're, we're doing a, a good job of focusing on that. Tony Lucas recruits this area for us and he done an unbelievable job, but really when anybody comes here, they, they deal with all of our coaches. And I think that that's something that they can feel. And, you know, it's, it's something that everybody takes a big ownership piece in it because they know how important, you know, why are you going to be at old Dominion if you're not going to recruit this area? You know, I mean, that's the, that's one of our advantages, you know, is having this great talent base here. Again, we're not going to get everyone, and we're not going to take everyone. I mean, there's going to be certain get kids that just don't fit us, and and there's going to be certain kids that we don't fit. But, you know, the ones that we do, we need to get, and we need to recruit them because there is a, there's a nice talent base here and, and, and some good coaches that are developing.
1: So, Coach, you know, folks come into the game. Some of us played the game. Some of us didn't. As a coach, you obviously look at the game through a different lens than a lot of the fans that come to games. What can you share with us that maybe that fan that didn't grow up playing and has never actually played, what should we be looking at during a game that we never would that you would recommend?
0: I just think one thing I think, I think, you know. Special teams is 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 where you're really going to get the the heart and the pulse of the team, how hard they play, how disciplined they play. You know the impact that the special teams has on the game. That's going to show a lot about the overall program, and about the buy-in. You know who is making those plays? Is it all walk-ons and all those guys, or is it some of their starters and and some of that deal? So I think that's one thing I would look at. The other thing I would tell you is this: as a former quarterback and as a guy, just because a guy's open. Doesn't mean the quarterback should be able to see him, right? It's not Madden, right? Like they can't see the whole field. Like that's not a real thing. So like, it's like how do you miss that open guy? I don't know because that guy wasn't part of the read, and defense happened to bust and not cover that guy. Like that 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 happens. I mean that's that that that's gonna happen. I don't. If you're Aaron Rodgers, it's gonna happen. If if you're the eighth grade backup quarterback you know, at, at Blair. I mean, I mean, it's going to happen anywhere. I don't care where, where you are. I mean, so I think that that's one of those things that a lot of people see that and and everyone yells and screams and whatever. The other thing I would say is this, like, you know, the kid, everyone's trying, Like (laughs) no one's like not trying to do well. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's no one like, 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 you know what, today, I'm just going to make sure that I fail. Like that's not happening. Right. They're they're, they're 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 doing their best. And yeah, I got to coach him and all that sort of stuff. But you know who else is trying like and listen, no one gets more upset than I do. But the officials are trying. Right. They may not they may make mistakes. And I am more than happy to point those out. But I mean, the one thing that I, I've, I've always hated is like when people like act like the officials are have like before the game determined who's going to win and lose. Like that is wild. That's wild. Like, I mean, I assure you, they don't care. You know what I mean? Like they do not care. And, 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 you know, I'll talk to them and all those sort of things. But like, that's one thing. Like I I don't like, Hey man, the officials got us today. It's like, Oh, they didn't. We, We let them, we put ourselves in a position to where a bunch of imperfect people made some imperfect calls. That's on us. You know, we can't we can't do those. We can't make the game that close or make lead it down to a judgment call. Because what I'll tell you is, I as a head coach, I have to officiate some practices. Let me tell you how hard that is. Guys are moving fast and there's a lot of things happening. You understand what I'm saying? So like the fact that some calls are missed. No kidding. I'm amazed that there there as many good ones are called as many good calls are made as there are. I mean, it's it, that's a minor miracle. You know, so, I mean, I I think that that'd be the one thing I'd say. Yeah, uh,
2: completely agree. As a fan, though, my issue always comes up with, is it called the same both ways? And obviously in a game like baseball, that's easier to judge. a game like basketball, that's easier to judge. Football, it's a little harder. But that's always the one thing I always kind of stick with.
0: And I agree. And that's what I get upset, too. I get upset when not only is it not it, it, when when penalties aren't enforced the same, right? right? Like I, I that's when I get that's when I get angry, is when penalties are, are are you know, I don't think it has anything to do with which team it is. I just don't like when penalties are enforced certain ways sometimes and not in others. It's like they get sick of calling it or whatever. And I'll give you an example. All right, the end of the Buffalo game, we get called for having a guy run on the field. Right on me, I should have stopped that. That I, I'll go to my grave saying that was my fault. Okay, but the we missed the kick and their entire team runs on the field and there's 16 seconds left and no penalty is called, which you can say, well, it's not a big deal. Well, yeah, it is. If we get that onside kick, because then we would have been back in field goal range had we got the onside kick, had there been a penalty. So like there are these penalties are big deals. And like I didn't understand how you could call that on us. And then the very next play, their entire team runs on the field. Like it was the end of the game, and there was still 16 seconds left, and no flag is called. So, w- what is the difference? And and that's those are the type of things that like I have a problem with how those type of things are officiated. Sometimes we
1: well, were saying the same thing in the stands when when that happened. Makeup call is that a real thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it, no, that happens. That but but it doesn't happen on purpose. It happens by human nature,
0: right? You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah shoot, I might yeah. have screwed that one up. And it's not like I'm going to throw a flag next time it's just you get the benefit of the doubt on the next time it gets a 50-50 call. So it may or may not ever happen. But again, it's a it's a it's not an on purpose thing. It's a human nature thing. I think that's the thing that we forget about is is, is is these are people. They're humans. That's why in baseball they should go to the to to the computer for balls and strikes. You know what I mean? Like that it would solve so much stuff and and it would make everything so much easier on those sort of things. But like football where where that's not a thing that can't happen. I mean, it's a, it's an impossibility. So, you know, it, you know, I just think that it does happen, but not the way people think it's not a, it's not a uh, purposeful decision. It's, it's, it's just a human nature reaction.
2: So on that note is if there was something you could uh, a penalty or a way you can challenge, is there something you would change
0: in how games are officiated? Like would,
2: so you're limited to what you can challenge right now. Right.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't change that okay. because, like, I mean, it, the game would slow to a screeching halt if you could, like, that was a hold, that wasn't a hold, and, like, that would be just egregious. I, The one thing I would do, and, and, and people don't want to hear this because it's actually going the other way, I would add more cut blocks. I would increase cut blocking. And here's the reason why. You're going to have to show me the data that cut blocking actually increases injuries. And when I say increases injuries, I don't mean twisted ankles. I mean real live injuries. Because what I do know is this, when you take cut blocking out of the game, you're now encouraging people to run downhill full speed. And what is the number one thing that could affect our game? Concussions. And when you're telling people to come down hill in full speed without the fear of ever getting cut, they're going to hit you in the head. Like that, I don't care who, like that's, an, that's, that's happening. And so now we're encouraging incussions. We're discouraging cut blocks. And everyone's like, well, knee injury. Every everyone's looking for a cut block. It just makes you play it. We don't we don't outlaw cut tackles. And in cut tackles, i I might be looking over here and getting cut block from the side or cut tackles from the side. I still think there should be cut blocks. Now not from the side, right? Not from outside coming in and all those. Those are those are egregious and those are awful for the game. I'm talking the way cut blocks have been go four years back and then there, that's what they should be. But unfortunately, I'm one of the only ones who thinks that.
2: So when your staff took over, it was clear you had a distinct plan for re- rebuilding the program. Uh, you had a focus on the recruiting territory. You also had a lot of personal touches with your staff. Uh, make sure, send letters and cards to coaches and players, uh, and even fans. But over those two years, has your vision for the program and how you're working day to day evolved at all?
0: I mean, I'm sure it has. And maybe even in ways I, I don't even know, you know, I mean, we changed our core values, right. From when I got here, you know, we had four when I got here and um, they were, you know, stolen completely from coach Franklin. And now we have three other ones, you know, care, compete, and character. So we've done little things like that. I mean, I, I don't think in general, though, I think it, it, we're still going to be a developmental program that, that cares about the kids. It's always going to tell them the truth. That wants to be, you know, honest with the fans and other things like that. I think that that's one of the things that maybe catches the media and fans off guard is, you know, I'm pretty honest after games. I mean, I'm going to say whether I think I screwed something up and admit my mistakes. I don't think that's a sign of weakness. And everyone tells me that if I were at a quote unquote bigger school, I wouldn't do that. Well, why not? Like, what's the difference? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, if I made a mistake, I made a mistake, you know. And, and, and if and if me admitting my mistakes ends up costing me my job someday, well, then I shouldn't have been making mistakes. I and mean, I I don't know what why what how admitting them makes them any worse than when they are. I think actually it's the other way. When you when you deflect your mistakes, people think you don't even recognize them, which makes you seem even um, less intelligent, you know. So uh, I don't think much has changed. I mean, we're still gonna do it. I still wrote. I write letters to people all the time. I write probably more letters than people even know because I don't, it's not like I write them to get them on Twitter or anything. You know what I mean? I write them because I think it's the right thing to do. And I recognize that, you know, I mean, let's just be honest. The football coach, the basketball coach, and the school president are the are, are the three people that are the most visible representations of a, of a university. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. It's true, I man, you know. We have some unbelievable professors on this campus, and, and great deans, and a, a provost who's an awesome person. And, and and we have some we have some great people here. But you know, people don't get to see those people, and, and, and they don't get platforms to speak all the time. We're blessed as a university to have a president like Dr. Hempel. 100 I mean, agree. What you want to talk about a, a guy? You know, I, I listen. You know, President Broderick was awesome to me, and I, I think he took this university to some great, great, great places. And, and I couldn't be more thankful to him. But I'm also glad that Dr. Hempel is here because I think he's going to take us to the next level. And, and he is an unbelievable ambassador, not only for Old Dominion, but also just higher education in general. You know, So yeah. So I don't think anything much has changed or whatever. I, I do make day-to-day adjustments on some things. There's no doubt about it. Um, but in terms of recruiting philosophy and things like that, no, not really.
2: All right, Coach. So we're going to get a little more fun here, a little more laid back. So right. tell us something about one of your assistant coaches that ODU fans would be surprised to hear, or uh, don't know. Wow, do any of them uh, have a hidden talent? Maybe
0: I don't know if any of them have hidden talents. I've been I've been angling now for a while for a, uh, a ODU athletics karaoke thing. I think our staff would would get it pretty good. Like I'm not going up there. I love karaoke. Like no one loves karaoke more than me, but I would never sing at it. You know what I mean? But I like, like, cause everyone picks songs you like, you know, and I am one of the guys who'll get everybody else going. Cause I'm going to sing along with them, you know? And, and that sort of thing. I'm like, I know Kevin Smith would, would absolutely crush some karaoke, you know, and he would do a, he would do a great job at that. I, I have a, I have a feeling that Kevin Reiner would do the same and that sort of deal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know if any of our guys have any necessarily hidden talents. I will say that they're unbelievably great people and incredibly, incredibly funny. And I do love coming to work every day. Right now that they're on the road, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've kind of been like a um, like an empty nester <laughs> as a dad. Like, I, I I want everyone to come back because I'm bored. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, a, I, I'd probably call them more than I did. They're probably like, Jesus, why is he calling me right now? You know what I mean? So, but it is, it's, it's, I know they're doing great work out there right now.
1: That karaoke event, I I think that'd be a hell of a ODAF fundraiser. I mean, we've got golf tournaments, but I don't Mike, how much would you pay for a ticket to go to something like that?
0: Okay. And that's what I said. Because what you could do, right, is like pay. Like to get a song played, right, by a certain person. Even better. Yeah, like I mean, you want to talk about raising some money, that'd be good because I tell you what, I would like have to pay to like not do songs. You could do do it the dueling
2: piano style where you have two guys on stage. And if one guy's being bad, and everyone wants to hear the other guy, you just bump up the amount you put in his bucket.
1: No, no question. Yeah. So, I, just little things. I, you know, I think I think that'd be athletes, though. Your student athletes, obviously, you see them every day. You see them a lot. Just about every podcast we've done, with the exception of Scott Jackson, we've heard of a pretty unique or hidden talent from a player. We heard about Austin Trice on the basketball team, being a phenomenal singer. Kyle Battle talked about a couple of the guys. Have you seen any of your players do some interesting things?
0: Isaiah Spencer is very into music and does some – he's pretty good at it. You know, You know, like producing his own beats and, and things like that. It's – yeah, he's pretty darn good. A few other guys who, who you know – We have some guys who can rap and things like that. I just found out one of our freshmen is like really big on TikTok and then he just stopped doing it. I didn't even know that. He has like half a million followers or something ridiculous. He just doesn't even do it anymore. And I'm like, all right, that seems (laughs) weird. But then like the obvious ones like Zach Koontz can basically, and this is no joke. I mean, he can touch about, what was it? 11 and a half 11 8 or something like that up in the air i mean it's it's pretty impressive like some of those type of athletic feats that you can see uh br hatcher a long snapper can probably throw a ball i don't know maybe at least 65 yards i mean it's pretty impressive i mean, watching him do it he'll do it warm-ups all the time um, like he can really, I mean, he can rope it and, and do some, some pretty amazing things when it comes to those sort of things. So, yeah, there's, there, there's some of those type of feats that, that guys have and, and can do.
2: So are you and Dave uh, developing a play for him to use that talent?
0: <laughs> no, no. I don't know. If I, as much as I love BR, I don't know if I trust him to make an accurate decision with the football, you know, when the time comes to it. But, I like the whole uh, he, he, he can rip it now. I will give him that.
1: The whole snapping the ball to yourself thing, though, probably doesn't work in uh, uh, real football, you know, like it did back in the day when we were in the Sandlot.
0: Yeah, no, (laughs) yeah, probably not, probably not.
2: All right, Coach, so we ask these questions to everyone that comes on the show. Uh, Okay. Me and Aaron are big foodies, and obviously everyone loves music, so that's what these questions are all about. All right. Okay. Have you found a favorite place to eat yet in the 757? on campus and
0: off campus? Well, I wouldn't say it's on, well, I guess it is on campus. I love P. Frank's, right? I, I think it's, it's a great place. I love P. Frank's and I get a lot of different things there. And that place is awesome. Right around campus. I love uh, Sam's Sub Shop. That place is, is, is awesome. Obviously I love, uh, well, I love LeGrand Kitchen. I don't know which is right yes. there. That, that place is, I mean, you, t- you want to talk about some really really good food. Yeah, I take a lot of people there. That that place is that place is pretty awesome. You know, Dirty Buffalo obviously is, you know, it's a that's a that's always a crowd fit. The one thing I would say at Dirty Buffalo, is the the underrated thing that people don't get enough there is the onion rings. 100%. Their onion rings are frigging unbelievable. They maybe the yeah, their onion rings are fire. I've been like, missing out. With a boom boom sauce. Oh my god. Yeah. You have to get the onion rings. You don't get the onion rings. First of all, you have to get the wings extra crispy, and then you have to get the onion rings. If you get, like yeah, and if you're not getting, if you're getting boneless wings, like <laughs> that's
1: not a wing. That's a no, chicken nugget. It, it is. It's ridiculous.
0: It's not even a chicken nugget because chicken nugget you can put in your own sauce whenever you can mix it up. Like point. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Those are those are oh, that's crazy. But yeah, so those would probably be my those would probably be my favorites. You know, I can never remember the plate the the name of the. I think it's actually Peruvian food. Lunamaya. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the corner of
1: Twenty First and Kylie. Yeah, that uh, place is- yeah. I don't know if it's Peruvian or Bolivian, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's great. Of them. It's, it's great. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I
0: yeah. It might be Bolivian. Maybe yeah. Uh, a little uh, yeah. So at that place is that place is really, really 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 good too. So yeah, those are those are probably my favorite. So
2: I'm a big fan of Le Grand. I think they have the best burger in Hampton Roads. Oh.
0: I always call it the Fancy yeah. Big Mac. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, it's like the, that, that burger. I will get that burger as the appetizer, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like, I always get a different meal every time I go there because the menu changes. That's one of the greatest place, things about that place is the menu's always changing and, and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, I, lo- I love that place. It's it's really – Yeah, amazing.
2: Steve's a great uh, chef and really nice guy as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, in the off-season coach, obviously – in the Norfolk area and Virginia Beach, there's a bunch of crap breweries. Do you have a favorite that you found yet?
0: I mean, I like Smart Mouth. I mean, I like especially their, you know, their summer beer, the Summer Fling. Uh, I, that's that's probably you know probably my favorite. I can't even remember what the brewery is, but it's in Charlottesville. The Shower Beer um, in Charlottesville. Yeah, I love that one. That one's a good one. I will tell you what, I dislike more than anything is IPAs. I hate IPAs. <laughs> they pop everywhere. They, they, they taste like grass to me. And I guess that's like a real thing. I guess somebody told me the other day, it's like, that's like an actual thing. Like your taste buds can, can do that. So I can drink like a double IPA or I can drink an IPA. If it's the warmer it is. I know that sounds crazy. Like the, like, but when it's a cold IPA, I, I, I literally, it literally tastes like I'm drinking like grass clippings. Like it's just the worst. So you're And so that's like a, So that's like so many craft beers, right? You know what I mean? But I love, I love craft beers in general. Um, I I mean, I love beer in general. I mean, that's, that's kind of my drink. So I I just, yeah. So I will, yeah, but that's, that's one of my favorite. I'm more of a, more of a weak guy, but I will, you know, in lagers and things like that. But actually my favorite type of beer is Kolsch. The German Kolsch is my absolute favorite, but yeah. I mean, you know, we were in Germany when my wife and I and my best friend and his wife were in Germany when, when COVID really, really went down. And President Trump made the announcement, you know, you better get back or else you're stuck. But yeah, that was that was an awesome trip that got, it was a 10-day trip that got cut down to six. So uh, I'd like to go back someday because we were about to go to Cologne, which is the home of Kolsch's. We were about to go to Cologne literally the next day. So I'm, I'm still a little bit uh, bummed about that.
2: Mm. And keep an eye out for Benchtop. They have a really good Kolsch that they come out
0: with. Okay. We'll do
2: they, they make a lot of sours so if you're not a big sour fan
0: you know what i can do some sours every once in a while but you it's it's something that you just gotta one i think sours are very hit and miss based on even on the sour right like you, you can love one sour and not like another one right like that, and and that sort of deal but i I've, I've, I've liked some sours i mean
2: He has a really good kosh as
0: well okay i'm gonna, i'm writing that down okay
2: and i think they have there's more on the menu rotate like it's pretty much always on there. Good
1: deal. <coughs> All right, so we talk, we talk food, we talk beer, but let's talk music. So we've heard you talk music a little bit before. We share some musical tastes. As a matter of fact, in mid-February, you put out a PSA on Twitter about working out to me first and the Gimme Gimme's radio. You had me stuck on that for like a month and a half working out on that. What, what are a couple of your favorite bands, and do you have a bucket list concert? You know, I grew up, my
0: hometown is where Red Rocks is where so like you've ever heard any album like live or Red Rocks like that's my hometown that's where i graduated from high school so we used to have track workouts you know probably had my first illegal beer there i mean there's you know i mean it's, it's 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 probably you know so i've been to some pretty good concerts there and we actually wouldn't always pay for them we'd go up on the back you can still hear it perfectly like dave matthews and and, and some of those type of ones and had some some pretty good ones there you know i don't know if i have a bucket list the bucket list concert and I like, you know, I love Nirvana, but I think like, I think Green Day is probably one of the most underrated bands of all time. And I think that people, you know, automatically go Nirvana or uh, Pearl Jam. And I think Green Day is just awesome. And I'd probably grown to appreciate Green Day more as I've gotten older, you know, and that sort of thing. You know, I love the Beatles and just everything. They kind of, you know, a lot of their stuff. I love Motown. You know, I still remember listening to the Big Chill album, with my parents driving up to go skiing and like how awesome that, you know, just those songs are. Johnny Cash, I'm a huge fan of. I like uh, Dave Matthews, like I said, but I actually like Jack Johnson probably better. I I I do like punk. Uh, that was probably a remnants from when I was in high school, you know, but I do like, I, I but me first the gimme gimme's I really like because I probably like punk covers more than anything and i just think that some of those are really cool and and just their interpretations of some of those songs are 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 awesome so i i'm a pretty i mean i like i like some country you know what i mean you know like i like really old toby keith i like you know not his new stuff which i think is you know basically pop version of country i like you know like i said i like johnny cash i like uh you know some of that old country music I, i i do like some of that stuff i my, my taste is really, really eclectic, I would say, you know, and, and I love obviously 90s because that's what I grew up with. But I love, you know, old old rap too, you know, I mean, I, 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 I love that too. So I can get a, I, I like a lot of different things. It just kind of depends what I'm looking for at that moment.
2: So I have an ODU Red Rocks story. I've, okay. My wife and I made our first pilgrimage to Red Rocks this past fall. It happened to be the same weekend that ODU was playing. Liberty. So we we get to Morrison, a uh, little mountain town. We go into this little bar. We're the first ones to be at the bar. Morrison Inn? Um, I can't remember the name of it. If I looked at Google Maps, I could tell you which one it was. But the game is on. I'm watching on my phone. The bartender walks up and goes, you want that on the TV? So I got this little – they didn't know what ODU was. They had no idea where it was. But I had the whole bar watching the ODU Liberty game. I think we had to leave around the start of the fourth quarter just to get to the seats, but um, pretty cool experience for them to welcome us in and en route for ODU.
0: Oh yeah. Now that's a that's a that's a that's a great place. I mean, you probably if, if it was Mexican food, it was Morrison Inn, which is like frigging an awesome place. I don't it know. It was if a, there. I mean, that's like that's
2: a pizza a, place.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that place is yeah. good. That place is new, but yeah, but it's a, that place is a, it's a cool town, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, obviously I loved growing up there and it it was a great place uh, to grow up and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have traded, you know, how I grew up for anything.
2: I'll add that we got really lucky with the parking situation. We walked up on the way in. So when we were leaving, we're going downhill, which was nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Best venue I've ever been to. The acoustics were amazing.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's a great place, you know, to be able to live that close to it and everything was, was really, really cool. All
2: right, coach. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but we started as a tailgating group and it's kind of evolved into a little bit more social media. But one of the things we love to do the most is uh, raise money for charity. Part of that is ODU athletics, but a big part of that is toys for tots. We love toys for tots and how much money and toys we can bring to those kids every year. Uh, do you have a favorite charity?
0: You know, I, I I do some things to support CHKD. You know, in fact, today I was at something for uh, the Youth Sports Mental Health and Wellness Alliance of Eastern Virginia, which is through CHKD. I think it's something that is a really big thing when you, you look at how the pandemic has affected kids. And, and you know, I tend to think that sports has a positive impact on people's mental health and wellness. My I'm aware that there are there are some negatives to it as well in terms of pressure and things like that but you know i think that that's something that my wife and i you know chkd is something you know we're going to my wife is the biggest animal lover on the planet so any anything involving animals my wife's going to help out as well i mean we're going to we're lucky i'm I, i'm lucky that we don't have we have two dogs right now. I'm lucky that we don't have eight. Literally every time there's, there's probably a, every three weeks, there's a battle about whether we can adopt this new dog. It usually ends in tears. And, and then her telling me that I'm right, but she just, you know, she gets, she gets sad that we can't, you know, so she keeps wanting, cause I keep telling her, Hey, if we get a bigger place, you know, a, a, a place farther out in the country or whatever, and then we can get more animals. Uh, so, you know, pretty soon I might have a whole menagerie. So. <laughs> those would be probably the, the, the things that I support the most but you know it, it you know I, I I do believe in charity and I do believe in doing those sort of things and I, I want our kids our players to find things I mean our guys have helped do a lot of things' it's feeding the homeless this this past little deal we we've got a mentorship program with Blair middle school that we that we do and and, and things like that and a lot of those are ideas from the players.
2: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the pictures and video of the mentorship program at Blair, and that always makes me smile, seeing those guys give back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, that was, that was more than anything else.
2: Mike, you got any other questions? We have one person to ask us to ask this question. So, Okay. Um, yeah. We have a big game Labor Day weekend. You're at Virginia Tech, <laughs> we all know that you and Coach Pry are former co-workers. Now, what's that relationship like between you two?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're friends. We're probably always going to be friends. And and I tell people all the time, it, it, as much as I know he's going to be successful at Virginia Tech, and as much as I know that it makes him happy because it's the perfect fit for him, I wish he wasn't the coach there. And it's not because I don't wish he was the head coach. I wish he was the head coach just somewhere else. And it's not because it's not because I, I'm, I'm afraid of playing him, or it's like oh one of us has to lose. None of that BS. Like whatever, we we'll, you know we'll win some, he'll win some. It'll be what it is. It's more that we would be able to bounce ideas off each other a lot more, and there'd be a lot more open dialogue between our staffs. And we have a lot of similarities that I think would be very beneficial and make both of us better. But that's very difficult because we play each other for the next ten years. And so, yeah, I mean our relationship we're always going to be friends and, and and those sort of things, but does us playing each other for the next 10 years affect that relationship? Yeah, it does because it's just hard to bounce things off each other. Just like, you know, I'm very very good friends with Charles Huff, the head coach at Marshall. And I wish again, I wish we would have gone to the Sun Belt and he would have stayed. And again, it has nothing to do with like, oh, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to compete and 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 do those sort of things and You know, after the game, I went to his office and and told him congratulations and all those sort of things. But it's more about I would like I wish we would be able to have more freedom and our dialogue with each other that we can't. Because, you know, especially with Coach Huff and I, we're in similar scenarios. I mean, I could talk to Coach Franklin, but he's it's a different world. He's in a different world. I mean, football wise, we can, but not in recruiting or anything else. I mean, he, he's like, well, you should assign somebody to do this, this, and this. Yeah, I mean, he has 58 guys on his staff. You know, I have 18. You know, so there's a little bit of difference right there. We have the same number of players, but he has literally three times the staff. So I, I, I just think that, like, little things like that, uh, there that that's the reason why I wish uh, I didn't play those guys. It has nothing to do with the actual what happens on that actual game day.
1: Now, building off that, and I'll this would be my last one since Mike asked that question. <laughs> now, as a fan, I, I think I'm, I'm sure I probably have a, a different uh, different mindset than than you and your staff. But over the, we'll just say over the quote unquote off season, and you know we're not Mike and I. I mean, we're not big Virginia Tech fans, but we see them hire Coach Mines and Coach Galt. And what am I missing? They probably tried to. They probably tried to hire <coughs> Kyle Barkle as well. So <laughs> who knows? But going into that game as a fan, that's one of those things that makes me want a uh, hope and, and hope my team wins even more. It as a f- fan short being f- you know short for fanatic. It makes it feel a little bit more personal. Does that even register to you guys at all and stuff like that, or not really? It's just a thing.
0: No, I think it's just a sign that we're doing things the right way, and we're hiring good people that uh, do a good job, and that people recognize that we were able to put together at least a marginally good season last year that allowed people to get hired other places. Yeah, I don't. Do I wish? Do I? Do I wish that I never would lose anybody? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, but I, I feel like I was able to hire some really good people to replace them that can continue to help our program elevate and change and adapt and, and come with new ideas and, and, you know, new energy and, and things like that, you know, do, do, do I absolutely love the guys that went there? Yeah, I do. Mine. I always will, you know, I mean, you know, coach Galt have known for a long time. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, The guy we hired coach Nodgrass is an absolute stud, you know, coach mines is, you know, one of the best football coaches I've been around, you know, has a great way about him and, and, and is terrific. And I actually think his best coaching days are, are ahead of him. I think he's, he's only going to get better and better and better and better. But coach Harper has an energy and a way about him and an honesty about him that you just find yourself gravitated to as well. You know? So I, I look at it as, you know, I talk to my guys about opportunity and obstacle all, all the time. And you know that wasn't an obstacle. That was an opportunity for us to get, you know, new ideas, fresh ideas, new ways of doing things in here. And, and for me to, to expand my um, circle and and meet new people, meet new and great people. You know, it doesn't, I didn't lose anybody in my circle. I still have those guys. They still, I still talk to them and and that sort of thing. And nothing's going to change on that. I just was able to gain other people. Thanks coach. I think
1: fans will appreciate the perspective on that.
2: Yeah, I gotta imagine if turnover stops happening, something is not going right
0: <laughs> if turnover stops guess guess where next turnover is coming probably me yeah just you don't you don't it's not going to happen I mean that's not the way college football is anymore you know especially with the disparity in in let's just be honest and the disparity in the financial realms that we're in you know I mean I think anybody if you're going to get paid three three and a half times more than you were getting paid you you can love everyone you work with you can love all those sort of things but ultimately you know, we've all got responsibilities to the other people in our lives as well. 100%.
2: Completely agree. We thank you for your time today, Coach. Really appreciate you joining us. We'd love to have you back if that's a possibility.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, you know, obviously I had a good time and I think you guys are doing some great work and, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, as many Monarch fans as we can across the country can, can hear what, what we're talking about and maybe we can even make some new ones, you know, if there's any... uh on the fence people in the state of Virginia or in this region who aren't sure you know who they should root for I, I would I would say come root for us you know I mean we are we are currently still accepting applications for new fans so we'll we'll take as many as we can get and I think you watch us play for you know a couple of games and and watch the passion and the energy that our our players play with I I, I think it's going to be it would be hard to ever root against us so. Appreciate you what you guys are doing. And anytime I can come on and, and uh, spread the word, that'd be great. Yeah,
2: always
1: welcome. Hell yeah, Coach. Go Monarchs. All right.